Amen. He's been good. Real good. So good. Good, good. Mm-mm, good.
Nah, Johnny, use it. Uh-uh, use it Sunday school. Uh-uh. Uh-uh. All right, because there's two groups of people on the planet. Did y'all know that? There's only two groups of people. There's Jews and there's Gentiles. All right, so that's a hint. Hint, hint, hint. There's only two groups of people. There's Jews and Gentiles. Such a Deborah Ross. Non-Jews. All right, so we are non-Jewish. All right, everybody in this room, we are Gentiles, right? We are non-Jews, right? What makes you Jewish? Right? You had to be born Jewish, right? You had to come from through the lineage, right? Of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, and all, all the way down, right? We are non-Jews. We are Gentiles, all right? So we were really not a people group when it came to faith, right? We didn't have anything to do. We were the enemies of God. Everybody know that, right? We're the enemies of God, but now there's peace that we have with God. All right, so, so here Paul, he's writing these follow-up letters to these places that he visited, right? Because we had Peter, right, who had the Jewish ministry, and we had Paul, who had the Gentile ministry. So, you know, Peter's ministry, Paul's ministry, and then what he did, he took that gospel all over the then-known world, right? He's spreading the gospel. He goes on, all right? Bible trivia question. We're just getting started here, Sister Diamond. Just getting started. It's just to kind of loosen this up right now. All right. She said, Why are you making on me? Because I'm not. All right. So, for extra bonus point, how many missionary journeys did the Apostle Paul? No, no, nobody. No, not you. Put your hand down. All right. How many missionary journeys? Somebody who really doesn't know. You want to take a guess? Layman, you want to take a guess? How many missionary journeys did Paul go on? You want to phone a friend? You want to ask Dez? What about, come on, what about me? Ask her what you You want to take a guess? What's a wild guess? How many missionary turns do you think the Apostle Paul went Five? All right. Is she close? Yes, you're close. Not quite correct, but three, right? Three missionary journeys. So you were so close. I love it. Thank you, Danielle. Let's give her, come on, come on. Encourage the young people. Encourage the young people. Thank you so much, Danielle. All right, all right. Bonus boys. Don't worry. There was a lot of adults in here that didn't know the answer. Don't shake, don't, don't move. If you didn't know, just don't act like that. Alright, but three missionary journeys, right, that Paul went on. He went on these missionary journeys. Now he's writing these follow-up letters. So why? Why am I talking about this? Number one, because I'm a nerd. I'm a Bible nerd. So that's number one, Sharice. I'm a Bible nerd and I love talking about the Bible. Alright, but it's, it's good to know this book. Alright? This book that has all of the answers to our questions about faith. It's good to know this. This is the instruction manual for life. But Maddie, if you're anything like me, you know, I got a DVD player. Some young people don't know what a DVD player is. How many people do not have a DVD player? How many people do not? Do not own a DVD player? Yes, I still have a DVD player and DVDs. All right, so, do you have a DVD player? No, see, there you go. All right, Maddie does not, Maddie does not have, that's my niece, y'all, by the way. Y'all know that? Y'all see the resemblance? That's my niece. So, so, like, I got my DVD player a long time ago, and it comes with a what? Right? It does. It comes with a remote. Yes. All right? And if I want to use that remote, I need to read the, the instruction manual. How many people read the instruction manual of the new things that you get? Oh, sister, they were wrong. I, we, we would thought so. I thought you would. All right. About me? All right. How many guys read the instruction manual? All right. Oh, Jeremy Bailey. Yes, I, I would have thought so. All right. Exactly. All right. But for me, all right, and the overwhelming majority of men, right, we don't read the instruction manual. We just what? 
Right, we put the listen and we figure it out. All right, it's got all these extra buttons, and that's exactly what they are. They're just extra. You really don't need them, right? It's about 50 buttons on the remote. I only need play and fast forward and rewind and stop. That's it. That's all I need. The other buttons, just extra. All right. But turns out, right, they're what? They serve a purpose, they serve a function. And that's the way it is with God's word. Right? We'll never know. You'll never know how to really live this life of faith unless you read the manual. All right? And it's all kind of obstacles to reading, first of all, spiritual warfare. Number one, let me tell you, it's all just on my whole life. Thanks. I love the Bible. I love it. I love it. I love it. I love it. So I do, I really do. Right, chapter, do I love it? All right, so, but I'm going to tell you, to me, one of the first obstacles to us reading our Bible is that we really don't read books. All right, do I have anybody that just reads outside the Bible? Anybody just read, like, write, like read novels? Brianna thought so. All right, anybody? All right, two. Like, literally, like, like there, Christine, maybe. Like, so there's a, a statistic that most of us, once we graduate high school, college, whatever, we never read another nonfiction book for the rest of our lives. That's a statistic. Google it. Might be right, might be wrong. But most of us, right, you think about it, you know, you never read another nonfiction book for the rest of your life. So we don't read, period. All right? So then when I, a preacher like me says, yeah, read your Bible, you say, yeah, I'm going to do it. And then what? And then you don't. Because <laughs> we don't read, right? It's a struggle to read. You don't do it. All right? But we know that that's not an excuse, right? So we know that that um, I won't say it. My, where is he at? Elder Burton? All right, Elder Burton. He's back there. All right, and that's my mentor. Did y'all know that? Yes, that's my mentor. Yes, we traveled all over the world together one time, but we did, right? We went all over the world, and we did. All right, so he's my mentor. It's good to have a mentor. So, but my mentor told me one time, I can't repeat it. You know what I'm going to say, right? But if you want to keep something from a certain downtrodden people that I can't say that starts with the end, but you, I can't say it. This is why. Put it in the book. All right, I can't say it. Nice, I just did. Nice, nice. figure that one out. All right, but yeah, but it really, if, if you want to keep it for people, what do you do? You put it in a book. So here's God's word, right? He wrote it. He put it in a book. But if I don't read it, and I promise I'll be done with this, um, and I don't read it, and I don't read it systematically. So how we're typically, you know, raised, brought up, we, we cherry pick. We, we got our favorite scripture. Who's got a favorite scripture? Who's got a favorite scripture? Really? That's it? Charity, you don't have one? You don't have a favorite scripture? Oh, okay, you just not answer. Okay, <laughs> you just not answer. Uh, okay, you're not paying attention. Oh, gotcha. <laughs> I feel good as a teacher now. I feel like, ain't talking about nothing. Ain't talking about nothing. All right. All right, so, like, yes, Charity, all right. All right, Charity, what's your favorite scripture? Psalm 100. Psalm 100, all right. You, you want to share it? You want to look it up? Oh, oh, oh. <laughs> Find Psalm 100. Right? Oh, it's it's okay. Oh yeah, it, it, it's a good one, right? So, uh, no, don't put it. Uh, my wife said, don't put you on the spot. All right, all right, but it's a good one, right? So, oh, yeah. oh, it's good. Johnny Toes, give it up for Johnny Toes back there. Make a joyful noise unto the Lord. All right, is that it? Is that the one? Oh, oh. all right. Yeah, sing unto the Lord. I think it goes on to talk about right. Know you that the Lord, He is God. It is He that has made us. Enter into his gates with thanksgiving, right? You know, all of those things. And into his courts with praise. Be thankful unto him. Bless his name, for the Lord is good. Right? I see why that's your favorite scripture. Nothing wrong with it. 
Nothing wrong with having a favorite scripture. But what we have to all learn how to do, we've got to be able to read the whole thing. We've got to be able to know what it means in its context. All right. So that's just my plug. Reading the Bible systematically has been the single most transformational thing that I've ever done in my spiritual life. All right. I've got a witness with my sister Joyce and I. We actually went through the entire Bible, Genesis to Revelation, over a five-year period in Sunday school. And that's what really transformed my life. A passage from Zephaniah. I'm telling you, this is a true story. Passage from Zephaniah. Who is who? Zephaniah, right? Zephaniah read it and made a reference to Josiah, went back and read the reference about Josiah, who was one of the great reformers in the Bible, and that's when the Lord gave him the message, busy doing nothing, all right? And that's like two years, August of 2021, busy doing nothing, transform my life, all right? And God's word is transformational, and you know what transforms Josiah's life? He discovered the book of the law. I'm telling you, and once you discover the phrase, right, once you discover it, oh my goodness, Anybody ever had chocolate, right? You know, anybody have chocolate? Anybody like chocolate, right? You don't like chocolate? But listen, like once you have it, it's like, oh my gosh, this is good chocolate, right? So once you have it, you discover it, you cannot not have it. That makes sense, right? All double negatives, bad English there, but you cannot not have it or not want it once you have it. All right, all right, that was all of my uh, introduction, I guess. So we'll start first with Thessalonians, chapter number one, all right? Who uh, is writing? It's Paul, right? So it's an epistle, all right, a letter that Paul wrote. He's writing it to people in a geographical location that is Thessalonica, like we live in Indiana, all right? So just, and then in the back of your Bibles, a lot of that, and then this is another thing, have like a hard copy Bible, and I know this in devices, and that, you know, not knocking, right? It's great to have, but I'm telling you, this never pops up in alert. This never, I never, you know, get distracted, you know, in the sense of like things taking my attention away. But in the back of most Bibles, you have maps and stuff like that that can aid you. So it's a geographical location that Paul is writing to, and let's uh, let's start attacking this. All right, let's see if we can take, you know, what we're learning and if we can apply it. Because here's my goal as a minister of the gospel, as a Sunday school teacher. Uh, whatever is not to just give you a fish. Anybody ever heard that? You know, if you give a person a fish, they what? Eat for a day. They eat for a day. But if you teach them how to fish, they what? Right, they eat for a lifetime. So my goal, right, is to teach us how to fish. If I've learned anything, not that I'm like, I didn't go to seminary. I don't have any letters out back of my name. I got none of that. I just read the book. And if God showed me something in the book and I can share it with somebody else that will help us out on our journey, that's what I love to do. All right, First Thessalonians. I promise you, uh, Johnny. First uh, Thessalonians. All right, here we go. All right, so let's break it down. All right, so we're going to start with just this first clause. Paul, Silas, Silvanus is Silas. Did y'all know that? All right, Timotheus is Timothy. Uh, what was pastor's primary text? Where did he come out of on Sunday? Anybody remember? The text, the, the book he came out of? Timothy, right? He came out of Timothy, all right? So Paul, Silas, and Timothy, Paul's. All right, so who can tell me just anything about Paul? Just anything about the apostle Paul. There's like wrote more than half the New Testament. Like, you know, lots of stuff about Paul. Who can tell me something about Paul? Yes, ma'am. 
All right. We know that Saul, who became Paul, persecuted the church, got used him in a mighty way. All right. I like it. All right. Let's move on. Next name. Right. Silas. Who can tell me something they know about Silas? Something they know about Silas. Elder James White. Oh, come on. And at midnight, who? Paul and Silas did what? Come on. They sang praises, right, at what? At midnight. And what happened when they prayed and sang praises at midnight? Right? The, the whole prison, right, got to shaking, right? Every door was open. All right? And somebody later on, they received that person and his uh, family, the Philippian jailer, they received the Holy Ghost. All right. Last one. Timothy. Timotheus or Timothy. All right. Who can tell me anything about Timothy? Timothy. No, you're, you know, who wants to? Yeah, y'all help me out. Y'all know, listen, I love engagement. Right? I love you know, like talking to different people because I'm going to tell you what happens every Sunday school, every Bible study, Sunday school class, the same people that answer, they answer every week. Ain't that right, Joy? And they're right. Oh, she's like, I, I, yeah, see, I'm bringing you in. So this is my, my, my feeble attempt to engage everybody on tonight. Elder Taylor, so, tell me something about Timothy. Oh, he was mixed. Like somebody else we know. No, I'm just, I should not say no. I just said, listen, why do y'all read into stuff? See, to the pure, all things are pure. You see, to the pure, all things. Yes, sir. Ah, yes, he was going to be a bishop. There you go. Tim, Timothy answering about Timothy. Come on. All right, hey, and cool fact, y'all know this, right? So his name is Timothy, his son is 2 Timothy, and his other son is Titus, right? Y'all know that's in the Bible. Did y'all know that? Timothy, Timothy, Titus? Did y'all know that? Well, now you do. There you go. All right, there you go. Fun facts, right? See, Maddie, you learn all kinds of stuff when you come to church. All right, so Timothy, yes, he was going to be a bishop. Uh, Paul called him his son in the gospel. Uh, he was mixed, and what do we mean by mixed? All right, he was half Jewish, half Gentile. Right. His daddy was a Greek. He was a Gentile. Right. His mother was Jewish. All right. So he came for this mixed, mi this mixed uh, ancestry, this mixed heritage. So now let's put it all together. All right. Paul, this great apostle to the Gentile. Silas, I don't know that we know a lot about him, but except that he was with Paul. I believe he was Jewish as well. Timothy, he's kind of this mixed brother. Right. You know, he's with them. But from Paul, Silas and Timothy. So, you know what I saw there? That God uses a diverse group of disciples. All right? We're, we're not all the same. You see that, right? We're all different, right? We all come from different backgrounds. Mackenzie, you don't have to look away. I promise I won't call on you, Mackenzie. I promise. I'll be good. You know, she looked away. I gave you eye contact. You looked away. I promise I won't call on you. But listen, what happens is, is that God will use a diverse group of disciples, and we're all different. Do we agree? Shake your head yes, right? We all came from different walks and different backgrounds and different upbringings and all that kind of stuff. And look around you. Guess where you're at? You're in the, you're in the church. So here's what we have to do as God's people. We shouldn't just always highlight our differences about what I don't like about you and what you don't like about me. But we should do what? Right. We should embrace our differences. All right, because that's really what's going to continue to make this church great. It's not that we're all uniform and we're all doing all the same thing. It's because we're different. All right, and listen, and wherever we might rub each other the wrong way, let's give each other the G word, grace. So here we are, all right, so they're opening up this letter, right, unto the church of the Thessalonians, which is in God the Father and the Lord Jesus Christ, grace be unto you and peace from God our Father 
and the Lord Jesus Christ. So just opening up the letter, just an introduction, just a beautiful way of saying, first of all, who are we in? We're in God the Father and in the Lord Jesus Christ. And because of that, you know what we've received? We've received grace. Anybody know what grace is? Who wants to give us the simple definition of grace? Somebody, preferably, who hasn't answered yet. Who wants to give us a simple definition of grace? Grace defines us. It's, it's who we are. It's how we're here, right? So if somebody asked you, Davon, and they said, see, I got you. I got you, Dave. If somebody asked you, though, and they said, hey, Davon, you don't want somebody at school, they just walk up to you, hey, Davon, you go to church, you go to Agape. What's grace, right? So what should Davon tell that person? What is grace? Simple definition. Oh, Monique, see, that's what I love. Don't even put a hand up, girl. You just blurt it out. You just blurt it out. You go, you go girl, right? Because that's how good it is, Isaiah. It's undeserved, right? It's unmerited, right? We didn't do anything to earn our spot here on tonight. You know, your spot on the roster, you didn't earn that. It's not because you're the fastest, not because you're the best, not because you're the smartest, not because of anything. But God chose us in his grace, unmerited, undeserved favor. But not only do we have that, but we also have peace, y'all. And the peace of God that passes all understanding, it keeps our hearts, and our minds. So we have this peace and rest in that. Know that, Lord, what I got, I didn't deserve it. And so a lot of times what we do, we try to add our works in, and I'm going to add some works into grace. It doesn't work like that. I don't deserve it, and there's nothing that I can do to earn it. I just receive it. It's just a gift that God gave me. And because I've got grace, I've got peace. All right, therefore, being justified by faith, we have peace with God. And that's what we've got, y'all. We used to be at war with God, but guess what? We're not at war with God anymore. The war is over. And guess what we have in God? You know what we got? We got peace. All right. Now, Johnny Toes, can you put up verses 2 and 3 at the same time for us? All right. So as we're reading the Bible, can you put, can you put them both up, 2 and 3 at the same time? I think you can do that. You don't know how to do it? Brianna's, Brianna's on her way back. She's going to show you how to do it. All right. So we're going to put up verses 2 and 3 because... As you're reading this, all right, so if I, and I actually read this, I studied this this morning. So Thessalonians, 1 Thessalonians, the first chapter has how many verses? It's like right in front of you, right? Yeah, you just have to look down, right? How many verses, right? If you got a Bible, right? All right, it's 10 verses, right? So, so when you get your Bible, you pull it out, I'm going to start reading my Bible. So what I want to do is go ahead and read all 10 verses, all right, read, read the chapter. Typically, the chapters are grouped in a way that it makes logical sense. So what I do when I start reading my Bible, I read it, I reread it, and then you know what I do? Then I read it again, all right? I read it out loud now because, you know, faith comes by hearing and hearing by the Word of God. And I got to fight. I don't know if it's like y'all, that with y'all, but when I try to start doing anything spiritual, I got to fight. So I got to fight to keep my mind focused. So I read it, I reread it, I read it again, I read it in a different translation. When I do those things, okay, now I'm beginning to get an understanding of God's word. So now I've read the whole passage. All right, now what you need to do is start breaking it up into its logical sections. So was the Bible written in a verse-by-verse -verse format? All right, no. All right, the Bible was not written because this is a... A letter. Do, when you write a letter, do you number every part of your letter, right? If we wrote letters, or when you write an email, do you write, do you number every? No, you don't. All right, but people put those in there to help us be able to see the breaks. 
Now, what's interesting about the authorized or King James Version is that every verse they made a paragraph. All right, every verse. That's just the way that whoever put it together, they thought that was a good idea. But what happens is it breaks up the reading. And what will happen is, is that you'll wind up taking the Bible out of context and it'll mean something that it never meant. So make sure if you're reading in a verse-by-verse format that you're looking for commas, that you're looking for semicolons and all those type of things because a lot of times it's all one sentence. All right, try to stick with that. That'll help us out as we start to dissect the Word of God. So that's why we looked at verse 1. And what was verse 1? It was, from a letter standpoint, it was a what? It was an introduction. That was it. Paul, Paul, Silas, Timothy, right, to the Thessalonians. And, And they had some nice words in there, but that's all it was. It was just the opening. All right, now let's start to get into the actual content of this first part of the letter. Because all we're going to do on tonight is look at chapter number one. All right. So look at chapter number one. We're looking at verse number two and three. All right. So verses two and three. Thank you, Johnny Toes and Brianna. We give thanks to God always for you all, making mention of you in our prayers, remembering without ceasing your work of faith and your labor of love and patience of hope and our Lord in, in the, I'm sorry, and patience of hope in our Lord Jesus Christ in the sight of God and our Father. Stop. So now let's understand what we just read. We just read it, right? And you're rereading it right now, right? We read it. You're rereading it right now. Let's take it all in. All right. Y'all ready? All right. So where should I naturally stop at when I'm reading this first part of of these two scriptures? So where's the natural break between what two words? Prayers and remembering. Y'all see that? Anybody catch that? You guys see where we're going with this? And why would that be a natural break? Because it's a what? Because it's a semicolon, right? So is there anybody else beside me that failed English? Yeah, I failed English, all right? Probably a couple times, all right? So it took me a long time to really start getting the Bible, all right? So I'm just telling because I didn't know about a semicolon and an apostrophe and all that kind of stuff. Yes, Aaron, I was dumb as a box of rocks. I was, I promise. But I'll tell you what, but God will give you wisdom. And God will teach you how to do stuff. All right, so listen. So if you want to learn, God will teach you. But y'all see why that's a natural break. So then let's just look at this first part. All right, we give thanks to God always for you all making mention of you in our prayers. All right, so we know we see the thanksgiving. So if we're thankful for the people in our lives, what should be the natural byproduct? And how can we show our thankfulness? Somebody put a hand up and help me out. All right, prayers. I love it. No hands. I love it. I love it. All right, so yes. All right, so because, listen, if I appreciate the pastor, all right, I should do what for the pastor? If I appreciate Elder Kimball, I should do what? I should pray for him, right? If I appreciate the people in my small group, Mike Davis, right, I should pray for you, and right, you should pray for me. So remember, it's not just I can say I'm thankful always, but make sure that I'm praying for the person. Now, here's where we're going. Remembering without ceasing, and what are they remembering? Your work of faith, labor of love, and patience of hope in our Lord Jesus Christ and in the sight of God our Father. So three things that we're talking about. What is Paul remembering the first thing that he's remembering? Three words up there. Somebody put a hand up. Somebody put a hand up. No, it's just the rain. What's the first thing? Work of faith. Does everybody see it? 
All right, everybody see where we're going? So we're remembering three things, three specific things, and what he remembers without ceasing your work of faith. So let's talk about that. And let's ask this in a question format. How do you know that your faith is working? How do you know that you're, because what Paul remembered about the Thessalonians, something very special, he remembered without ceasing your work of faith. Because a lot of times we've got like this gospel in the air, right? We've got these concepts and we've got these theories and we've got these doctrines and all that's well and good. But we've got to be able to translate that up there to down here. So if, if we're talking about the Thessalonians and even ourselves, well, how do I know that my faith is working, LaFreya? All right, faith in what? Let's talk, how about let's define that? Faith in who? All right, faith in God, right? Faith in the Lord Jesus Christ, all right? So, and you know, faith requires an object. You guys know that? So you can't just have faith in faith, right? You got faith requires an object. And what do we mean by faith requires an object? It's got to be built on something. Like, like Abraham just didn't go out there and start walking around and I'm just going to discover the promised land. That's not how it worked. What was the object of, of Abraham's faith? God's word, right? God spoke a word. So God spoke a word, and now we have this word, and what we're able to do in the word of God is that we're able to act on it. So we've got faith in the Lord. We've got faith in his word, but that faith tells me that i got to be doing something. we got to work out our own salvation. So I like what you said, LaFreya. So who wants to give us an example? What does that look like in 2024? Like in real life, what is a work of faith? All right, what does that look like? Elder White? Well, let me, I'm sorry, and I, and I know, but give me something specific. Like, nail it down for me. Like, like an actual, tangible, like, physical manifestation, something I can see. Go ahead. Yeah? And what does that mean? So, Tasha? Will you, go ahead. Tasha? Rain? Did you write? Okay, all right. I want to make sure your name didn't change. Okay, go ahead. Love it. I love it. And I, y'all, y'all get where she's going, right? It's anything you say you believe, you're going to act on it. Right? If I believe, and I do, that my job is going to pay me, what do I do? I go to work. All right? So that's great what you're saying. You're right. So when I'm uh, a soul, dear soul down here at the altar, and, and we're you know, telling them about Jesus, and we're telling them about repentance and baptism and receiving the Holy Ghost, and then they respond in faith, right? Right? They've heard the word from us, the word of God from us. They respond in faith. That's great. That's what it looks like 
All right, that's what it looks like for unbelievers. What does it look like for believers, right? Give me an example of a work of faith, Brandon, and I see you at a teller. hold me up yeah so that's what I I have faith that this pew is strong enough or you know that if I go and I sit on this pew it serves the purpose that it was intended for to hold me up so are we serving the purpose right that God is intending us to serve so I'm still fishing I, I like what you're saying you're right that is it the pew is doing its job the soul that hears the word gets baptized what does it look like for me as a born again, Holy Ghost filled, baptized believer, a tangible like work of faith? How am I working out my faith? Yes, ma'am. All right. Fasting. All right. So that's a, a spiritual discipline. Right. Prayer. Right. How's it working out in the world? I'm still looking. Sister Debbie. Yes. What's the something? Give me an example of something. Uh, I believe that God is going to do this. as if, even though I don't see it, I believe it because the word of God, faith cometh by hearing and hearing by the word of God. So I believe it even though I don't see it. I might not see a way out, but I believe God based on what I have heard. I love it. I love it. Y'all are giving me everything. And this is all good. I still don't know, like, how I'm acting it out. I don't know, like, I, you're right. I, I get what we're saying. And see, this is what we call the gospel in the air, right? It, you're, what we're saying, I'm telling you, Brandon, what you said about the pew and what you said about, you know, how we're, and the spiritual disciplines that we're practicing. But how am I working out my faith? Because it was in the world of Thessalonica. Like, there was something tangible that people in Thessalonica saw, and we'll talk about it here in a couple minutes, that they said, man, those people are working out their faith. And I'm going to tell you, you know, we're thinking like we're overthinking it. How about that? Think, think, think less. Think, think lower. Elder Taylor, yes, sir. How are you working out your faith? Well, okay. Your, your question is kind of multifaceted. Yes, thank I'm, you. I'm struggling to really wrap my mind around what you're asking, but when you said earlier about the tangible thing, the example that I could use some 30-something years ago, God spoke a word to Bishop Burt. Right. And now we're sitting in a place, this is a manifestation of what was spoken to him. Even Love though it. he's passed off the scene, we're still seeing the fruits of what God spoke to him all those years ago. I love it. Aren't we? Aren't we? Aren't we bearing the fruit? I love it. Thank you, Elder Taylor. Thank you. Because you're right. I can be very confused. I really can. Ask my wife. I'm very confused. And sometimes I don't know what I'm talking about. But listen, and I love what you're saying. And that was how Bishop Burt worked out his faith. God spoke a word. He started a church in the basement of his house. We all know the story. How that's great for Bishop Burt. How are you working out your faith? How are you doing it? I got how Bishop did it. And I got how Abraham did it. And I got how they did it in Thessalonica. How, how are people, when I went to UPS today, and I was working, how was I working out my faith in a way that other people, they saw it, they heard it, right? I did something with it. All right, what, what's a way that you are working out your faith in the present tense? Don't overthink it because you're already doing it. You might just not realize that you're doing it. Hold on, Elder White, I'm going to get your daughter first. I'm 
I'm gonna, okay, I'm going to say singing. Is that, that a way I'm working out my face? Yes, yes, give it up for Kayla White. Yes, yes. That excruciating 20 minutes is over now. Thank God for Kayla. Thank you, Kayla. All right, yes. Away. All right, and Elder Taylor, you were doing it, right? What was the way that Elder Taylor was working out his faith tonight? Right? Playing, right? Playing the baby. What was the way? Elder Tim Raglins. I got to call Elder, right? I just put the Elder on there. Right? Elder Tim Raglins, right? You know, how was he working out his face? He's working at Oregon tonight, right? The singers, right? Jeremy, Jordan, right? A way you're working out your faith in a railroad. Whoever drove the bus on tonight, you're working out your faith. Right. There, there's a real tangible. I can point to this in my life. This is what I'm doing. It's a work of faith. Right. And what's the faith part of it? The faith part God told us and he called us to good works. He called if I picked up my phone and I called somebody uh, Ruth Tate. Can I can I talk about you? I'll probably talk about you later on, too. But Ruth Tate, wasn't that a beautiful testimony on Sunday? Come on. give, Come on. To God be the glory. To God be the glory. But what I'm saying is, and so, you know, Ruth Tate, you know, she, that's my sister, y'all. Y'all didn't know. That's my sister right there. And it was such a powerful testimony. Matter of fact, I used what she said and told that to a soul. And that soul said, yeah, it was the same thing. I had the same testimony. So, so what she did, she worked out her faith. She said, and I remember, if I remember correctly, I don't mind telling it. I don't mind talking about you working out your faith. You're showing your faith. In a real way. Every opportunity I have, something like that, I believe that you said. And then so, you know, what? a way I can work out my faith, too, is that I thought about what she had done, and I wanted to encourage her. So you know what I did? How I worked out my faith? I picked up my phone, and I text her some encouragement. You, you see what I'm saying? That, that working out our faith is, is sometimes it, we can put it like way in the clouds, like it's this E equals MC square, you know, type of thing. But working out our faith is in the everyday work of the Christian life. You know, you're right, Jordan, right? It starts with the Christian disciplines. It starts, you know, in prayer, the word of God. That's where it starts. That's where we get equipped and we get ready to go out. But then it got to proceed into something. Remember, this is not just a, a faith of knowing we got we to gotta show. Angelica? to piggyback off of what you said about Sister Ruthie's testimony. I don't know if anybody has paid attention, but um, Brother Brandon originally posted her testimony, and it's, ha it's gotten over 100,000 views. So... Whoa, 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 whoa. How many? Oh, 183,000 now. Wow. <laughs> right, it's on TikTok, Instagram, Facebook, it's everywhere. Like, her testimony, her faith, is going viral right now. <laughs> Come on. But, but you see what we're saying? You know, I mean, something said, oh, was that, that was unscripted, right? That was unscripted. Y'all didn't work that out beforehand. Y'all didn't do none of that. And we just share our testimony. Uh, our small group was the power of a personal testimony. That's what we talked about in our small group. I want to plug for small group, plug for small group. Uh, we talked about the power of a personal testimony, and what we did was we all just jotted down, like, you know, how we came, right, to faith in our Lord Jesus Christ, how we received the Holy Ghost. That's what we talked about. But when we share it, and more than going viral, right, that, that's how the world, right, but if there's one. Yeah, that's great. I'm glad 100, how many people got the Holy Ghost, right? You know, I know, and I, don't get me wrong, but that's how they get, they got to hear it, Right? 
And then what God does with it is up to him. Go ahead, Elder White. I'm glad she said that. I told Ruthie on Sunday. I said, that's going to go worldwide. And I'm so glad that she said what she said. And look at the manifestation of God and what he's done. Somebody's life has been spared because she was willing to testify. So see how you worked out your faith. Did y'all, did y'all catch it? How did he work out his faith? What did he do? He told Ruth that it was what? Going to go worldwide. So sometimes faith is just that. Keep it, right? Keep it so simple. Some people say keep it simple something else. I won't say that. Keep it so simple. And all our faith, when we share our faith, when we work out our own salvation, that's what it looks like. It's not deep and it's not complicated, right? We just got to do it. And when we do it, look at the results. All right. So we go into the second part, right? So he's remembering without ceasing the work of faith. So long way around how we're working out our faith in a real way. And then not just that, then it goes into what? To a labor of love. All right. I'm looking around this room, and I see a lot of labors. Right? You agree? Y'all agree? I mean, thank God. And you talked about Elder Taylor, the culture, you know, of the church, right? I mean, this is a, a working church. Our sister Sally, what she tells us, many hands make. Make work light, right? I mean, that's a, a principle. God fans, we, we get together, we, we do it, right? That's how we were raised. So here's the question. Am I laboring in love? Right? Am I laboring in love? Why is laboring in love, why is the love so important when I labor? Right? I got to get somebody who had an answer. There's somebody who had an answer. Go ahead, Sister Bertha. I see you back there. Yes, ma'am. Go ahead. You know, you're not trying to say, I need to get out of here because I need to go to lunch. You don't mind staying over your shift, which I have done. Somebody's in labor, if you will. And maybe, okay, I get off at 730. I'm leaving. I'll see you tomorrow. No, you stay. That's a labor of love going outside of what you would normally do to show the love. All right, yeah, y'all agree. All right, I, listen, I love that. So labor of love, and, and our word love in English, right, we love everything. But what love really is, love is sacrificial. God so loved the world that he, that he gave, right? Love gives. And so, you know, we are good around here at Agape telling each other what? I love you, right? That, that's great. Right? Words of affirmation. That's somebody's love language. But you know what God's love language is? It's not so much words of affirmation, although I don't think that he minds that. He wants us to praise him. But if it's just words of affirmation, we're missing the mark because it's acts of service. Now, I can say I love God, but here's the problem. What can I do for God? I mean, really, what can I do for God? If he was hungry... He wouldn't tell me, right? If he was thirsty, needed a drink, right? God is a spirit, right? So I can't, so what can I do for God? So you know how we work out our love for God is by loving people. When I love God with all of my heart, mind, soul, and strength, then I've got to love my neighbor as myself. And love is sacrificial. And I'll tell y'all my story, and then I see your sister Rain, so... I've been married, my wife and I, we just celebrated 27 years of marriage. To God be the glory, if it had not been. So my love language is 
words of affirmation. Just, and it's oh, because that's my love language. That's what I tell her. Oh, I love you. 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 you know, my mother. Y'all know Jesse Jones. I knew Jesse Jones. She was a lover. All right. We were smothered with love, right? All our life. So, so love, 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 love. And that's not my wife's love language. So hers are acts of service. Well, guess what? I'm going to do it, but I'm going to do it when? Later. Just later. I'm going to do it later. But what happens, later never, yeah, later never comes. And then she's looking at me cross-eyed, and it ain't good, right? So 27 years, right? So you learn some things as you go along the way, right? So what I learned, if that's how I primarily show that I love her, right, and I do all the things I should do, I'm a man. I should go to work, right? I should bring home the money. I mean, sometimes we want to pat on the back for stuff you should be doing anyway. I'm, I'm, a, I'm a guy. God made me a man. So that's what I do. I'm supposed to do those things. There's no, there's no real big deal in that. I'm supposed to do it. And so what I've learned how to do is that when my wife says something to me, I got to do it right there. So yesterday, my wife, she's doing a recipe on the computer. She prints it out. The printer's out of ink. All right, so normally, the printer will be out of ink for the next six months, all right? It's out of ink, yeah. It's just out of ink, right? So, but I've learned, right, but if I want to labor in love, and I am a man of routine. Let's say I got my whole schedule. I don't like getting off schedule. I'm a timely person. I got, but you know what I did on yesterday? I broke my routine, and I broke my schedule. Oh, I hurt my heart. I broke my schedule. I broke my routine. And the line was long, and the people was acting up, and the register wasn't working. And it's all these things that often, I couldn't get the right ink. I went to Walmart, y'all, was struggling. Y'all know I don't shop. I don't know how to shop. I bought the ink, this true story. So you can buy ink for your printer, Caddy. Listen, I bought the $76 ink. I took the ink back today, and I got the $30 ink. So listen. I'm working it out, y'all. I'm working it out. So I'm just telling y'all. I'm working. It's a working problem, but it's love. You feel me? It's, and it's not something, you know, get her a new, another diamond on her ring, or it's not, you know, Valentine's Day, I'm going to get you a dozen roses. It's not that. My labor of love, and I like how you said it, there is no serving without sacrificing. We'll, we'll take a look at it. You know, matter of fact, I see my time's already gone. I'm rambling here, but let's jump down. I just want to bring this point. Oh, yeah, yeah. Uh, Johnny, uh, let's jump down to verse number six real quick, and we'll jump back. All right. Uh, You became followers. So the Thessalonians, they became followers. They received the word. How did they receive God's word? When it was nice and easy, easy breezy. Right? Severe persecution of what that translates into. All right? But they received the word of much affliction, but they had what in the Holy Ghost? They had joy. Why? I don't even, that's like an oxymoron, right? That don't even make sense, right? They received the word in what? Much affliction, severe persecution, but they had joy in the Holy Ghost. I mean, those two things don't, affliction and joy don't go together, right? They don't go together, but apparently they do because we see it right here. And you know what? Made that transition from much affliction to joy of the Holy Ghost is love. When, when I do something, right, out of love, it's not much affliction at, at all, is it? Oh, we know that, you know, you're dealing with it, but, it, but it's just it's what I do because I, because I love. You want a story to bring that home? 
So there's a man in the Bible in the book of Genesis by the name of Jacob. Jacob, you know, he finds this uh, wonderful woman. Her name is, who's, a, who's Jacob's wife? Rachel, yeah, so he loves Rachel, and, and you know, daddy, uh, his uncle Laban says, yep, you can marry her, but you got to work for how many years? All right, Bible trivia, all right, all right, do a little Bible trivia, all right, so seven years, all right, but you know what the Bible says about those seven years? They seem but a, but a few days, that's love. So when I'm serving God, when it's coming from my heart, when it's a labor of love, yes, I'm feeling. And yes, it's going to cost me something. Yes, I'll be sacrificing. But when it's love, it, it's my pleasure. You don't have to twist my arm. And you don't have to make me come into prayer. And you don't have to make me, you know, come to church. And you don't have to make me love you. Right? Because why? Why don't I have to do it? Because it's motivated by love. Because I got to check. But listen, what I need to do, what I've learned to do, I've got to check my motivation. I, I, listen, I've been laboring a long time. But I'm going to tell you this, it ain't always been in love. I just celebrated uh, last year my 25 years at UPS, right? 25 years on the job. Thank you, Jesus. To God be the glory. So they give you, like, you know, a plaque. And Stark, my brother-in-law, he got a couple of those. He got a 30-year plaque, a 35-year plaque. Oh, yeah, he got, he got lots of plaques back there. I'm trying to catch up. So they give me this certificate. And on that certificate, it says, thank you for 25 years of dedicated service. I said, I think only about three or four of those were really dedicated. <laughs> they thanked me for all 25, but I think only really three or four of those 20, hope they're not watching, was really dedicated. I mean, could you really act? I mean, think about it. I've, I've been working there, right? Started in 98. I, you know, 25 years in 19 or 2023, but it hasn't always, because it wasn't from my heart. I, I just did it, but it wasn't from the heart. But it's a labor of love, much affliction. Sister Rain, I'm so sorry. I, uh, you good? All right. You have the joy to love in spite of. So that love that the world has, that we say, oh, I love you, I love you, I love you, because what the world has, that love has stipulations. But when you love God and you have given yourself to him, then whatever happens, you love in spite of, and you can sacrifice, and it doesn't matter. Come on, I love it. Come on, give God some praise on that one. I love it. I love, and it does not matter. But do I love God like that? I mean, does it still matter? Am I still watching the clock? You know, am I still looking like, man, if you don't get done at 830, you're right, I'm out of here. Right now, if I'm just rambling on, I get it, right? I'm, I'm leaving too, right? But, but if it's the spirit of God and the movement of God, and I've just learned, right, just to, to stay in God's presence and enjoy it. You know why? Because I love him. But it's not just me saying I love God. I know after I get out of prayer, after I get out of the Bible study, I got to go out there and do what? I got to show it. I, I got to demonstrate that. And what can I point to in my life and said, that's how I'm loving somebody. Right? That's, that's my work of faith. That's how I'm loving somebody because this is what I'm doing. Right? Not that it saves me because it does. I'm not saved by works, but because I'm saved, I work. That makes sense? I see you, LaFray. I'm coming to you. So here's the last thing I want to say about love is that for us in America, love, we characterize it by a feeling. 
But can I tell you, let you know a secret, Kim, that your feelings ain't got nothing to do with your love. <sighs> I thought for a long time that my love was about how I felt. But can I be honest, Elder Kimball? I don't always feel like it. I don't. And if you, lose, if you use your feelings as a barometer for what you do and don't do, you're never going to reach spiritual maturity. You, you can't. Well, and I only know that because that's how I live most of my Christian life is in immaturity. Thinking that I got to feel it and I was waiting for this feeling. And guess what, y'all? The feeling rarely, if ever, came. So love is not a feeling. Love is an act of the will. It's an act of the will. Whether I feel like it or I don't. I don't always feel like going to work, right? But I go, right? You know what? And then listen, and here's what the other thing is. When I'm thinking about my feelings, a lot of times, even in here, we struggle. I get a spiritual warfare. We're fighting. A lot of times what it is is I'm waiting to feel it. No, I'm going to start doing the thing, and then I might feel it. Right? I don't, I don't like you, right? I don't want to do anything nice for you, but guess what? I'm going to start doing it, and guess what follows after? Because that's what faith is. Because, God, I put my faith in the object of your word, and you told me if, you do, if I do this, you'll do that. You'll help me. You'll bless me. You'll strengthen me. And I got to take God at his word. Faith, all right, love is not a feeling. Your feelings ain't got nothing to do with it. Matter of fact, like I told you, your feelings will fool you. And if you're not careful, your feelings will make a fool out of you, right? We're going through all this touchy-feel. We're a very touchy-feely generation. My feeling, listen, we might, I'm going to rub you the wrong way, guaranteed. And you're going to rub me the wrong way, right? But guess what? We still got to love each other. We are brothers and sisters in Christ. My sister Joyce Tiffany, she said it when she preached, right? We're about 18 months apart, closest in age. I didn't even know that till you said it. That was the first time. I said, oh, I guess that's right. That's true. But Joy, so we're the closest in age. She used to steal my bottles. I was, a, I was a baby. No wonder I was malnourished. No wonder. But she used to, true story, Joyce, used to steal my bottles. All right, steal my bottles when I was a baby. And so we had this sibling rivalry going on. All right, to the point at one time, I, this is a true story. Oh, Lord, true story. I had gone out. You know how you do. You want to ride in the front seat. When you're a kid, you want to ride in the front seat. I got in the front seat first. Now, Joyce is going to come and take me out the front seat. I'm not getting out the front seat. I got here first. And then, you know, my foot may or may not have come in contact with her head. There's no video to prove it. All right. All I know is she went and told my mama. And I got a beating, right? So listen, that's how we grew up, Dave. That's a true story, right? She may or may not, foot might have hit the head, brushed it gently. Gently might have brushed the head of my sister, right? That's siblings. That's what we do. But guess what, y'all? We love each other. We love each other. I didn't always feel like that. But guess what? That never stopped us from being brothers and sisters. We are all we got. We are all we got. But when I was a, a lonely teenager and I didn't have any friends, I was not always as cool as I am right now. I Listen, I was not always as good looking as I am right now. I'm just, I know it's hard. It's hard to believe. It's hard. I blossomed. I bloomed late. But I bloomed. So it's hard to believe. So I was lonely. And I didn't have any friends in high school. And I, would, I didn't have any lunch money, and I would sit with Joyce, and she let me sit with her friends, her upperclassmen friends, because she loved me, y'all. 
That's what love does. She didn't always feel like that, but that's what love does. We're not always going to feel like that. You might look at me cross-eyed. I'm going to look at you cross-eyed back. You might say something to me. I'll say something to you back. But that's just brothers. It's what siblings do. But we can't stop. And it's a labor of love. It's a fight. It's a sacrifice. And if I got to come back and say I'm sorry, I don't know if you ever apologized to me for that uh, incident, but I'm, I've, I've forgiven you. I have, I have forgiven. Thank you, Lord. I have forgiven. All right. Yes. To whom the Lord forgives. <laughs> LaFrey, I'm so sorry. I don't know where all that went. That was a whole tangent. I done beat up a few people for my little brother, too. It's okay. Okay, there you go. There you go. No, but you actually still said something that went along with what I was going to say. Um, when Nehemiah told the people, the joy of the Lord is your strength, I, don't, I think that we misinterpret that a lot, you know, because it just it sounds good, and like you said, a lot of times we're emotional, but that that statement is basically saying I'm strengthened because doing the work of the Lord, doing the, the sacrificial thing doesn't always feel good. There's, you know, you're afflicted, you know, there's persecution, so it doesn't always feel good. So I am strengthened Come on. when I do what God requires, knowing that that gives him joy. Come on. The joy of the Lord is my strength. I'm strengthened when I obey whether it feels good or not, knowing that that gives God joy. Because the feeling, the fuzzies aren't always there. They're not there, right? And once we learn that, I wish, you know, the things you wish you would have found out sooner, all right? I wish I just would have known that. I, now I get it a lot better, and I'm good with it when I'm not always feeling it. Johnny, let's go back at the, up to verse number three. So we talked about work of faith, and these are the things that Paul saw in this church. All right, he saw the work of faith. We're working it out. Like, you can point to something tangible. And if I'm not doing for the Lord, ask the Lord, Lord, I want to work for you, right? Because when he comes back, he's going to do what? What's he going to do when he comes back about as far as our works are concerned? He's going to, what did you do with what I gave you? I gave you the ability to play the bass guitar. I gave you the ability to play the organ. I gave you the ability to do, be on the security staff. I gave you the ability to usher. I gave you the ability to sign. I gave you the ability to do one heart, one soul. I gave you the ability to deacon. I gave you the ability to do all those things. What did you do with what, with what I gave you? That's the question I'm going to get asked, and it should, Lord, since you're going to ask me that, I want to make sure I'm doing it and doing it in love. And the last part he highlights, listen, he says, and steadfastness of hope. In our Lord Jesus Christ, in the presence, all right, of God, of our God and Father, and so that steadfastness of hope in verse three, patience of hope, steadfastness of hope. So there's a scripture we like. It says, "Be steadfast, unmovable, always abounding, right, in the work of the Lord." I think that's First Corinthians, all right. But that's what we have to be. We have to be steadfast. But here, steadfast in hope. All right, the steadfastness of our hope, it really comes from the fact that we're in Christ. And the hope that we have, Lord, that whatever I do, whether I feel like it or not, but I'm going to do it, I've got the hope, Lord God, that you're going to turn and make it good. Let's go ahead and get into a couple more of these verses here before we wrap it up on tonight. All right, uh, Johnny, if you could put up verses 4 through 7. All right, so that's all was one passage. All we did was verse 1. All right, which was the, anybody remember what was verse 1? The introduction to the whole letter, right? It's five chapters in Thessalonians, five or six. Five or six, no, five or six chapters, Thessalonians. You don't know? Okay. 
Okay. Or at least it's five. All right, five. Five chapters in Thessalonians. All right, so here we are. We're just at the beginning of the letter. But you see how good it is? I mean, we're just starting, right? And we're just looking at just different parts of it. But I'm telling you, God's word, God's word is amazing. So four through seven, here's just what I want to look at, right? Uh, knowing, brother and beloved, your election of God, all right? For our gospel came unto you not in word only, but also in power and in the Holy Ghost and in much assurance, as you know the manner of men, we were among you for your sakes. And you became followers of us and of the Lord, having received the word in much affliction with joy of the Holy Ghost, so that you were in samples to all that believe in Macedonia and Achaia. That's a mouthful, right? But that's the whole passage. If I want to understand it, I really need to understand the, the, the whole context. So here's what it is. Our gospel. All right. Our gospel. Anybody want to give me the 30-second the explanation if somebody asked you what is the gospel? All right. Because the gospel is everything that we're living as Christians. It's what we're sharing. We know gospel means good news, right? Gospel means the joyous good news of salvation in Jesus Christ. But if somebody to ask you to, to break down the gospel, just what's the, the elevator speech, 30 seconds, 30 seconds or less of what is the gospel? Yes, sir. Like you said at the beginning of this, you have a beginning of a sentence, you have the body and the subject. Mm -hmm. And this is the body and the subject that Jesus Christ that came and died for us, and this is his gospel for salvation to life. Come on. I love it. All right. Give it up for Elder Rain. All right. Everybody's an elder tonight. Everybody. You're an elder. You're an elder. That just means you're old, Tim. That's how I just talked about. You just, you know. oh, I'm sorry. Should have left that alone. All right. Go back. You're about to be an elder. Okay. Be back. All right. So listen, I love what you said. So here it is, y'all. This is the gospel that we preach. We've got a message to share with the world. And what's the message that we share with the world? Here's what it is is that we're sinners. You start with the bad news. Everybody's a sinner. We are sinners by birth, and then we become sinners by choice, right? We're all sinners. Everybody is born a sinner. The cutest little baby born in sin, right? Not the baby's fault, right? Adam and then Adam sinned, and that sin gene came all the way down to us. So we're born in sin, all right? And sinners need a Savior. That Savior is in the person of Jesus Christ who never sinned, not one time, died for our sins on the cross, was buried, resurrected from the grave to give us new life, ascended into heaven, and what's the last part of the gospel? He's coming back again. All right, that's it, y'all. Did y'all catch it, right? We're, we're sinning. If we don't start with sin, if we don't, people don't understand a need, if you don't know that you're a sinner, you don't need a what? You don't need a, if you don't realize you're a sinner, and how do we explain that, right? We explain it with grace and truth. You want a good example? Jesus, uh, woman at the well. All right, so how does he start that whole conversation with that woman at the well? What does it start with? Ask her for a drink of water, right? Did he start with her five husbands? Right? Did he start with the five husbands and the one you with ain't your husband? Did he start with that? No. Listen, because what he did was before, I want you to hear me. So he started unpacking. I'm giving you the gospel, right? I'm giving you what you need. But here's what it is. Jesus was full of grace and truth, right? You got to tell people the truth. And what's the truth? You're a sinner. You might be a nice sinner, but what? You're still a sinner. Anybody that has not received the spirit of God is a sinner. Your, your nice next door neighbor who cut your grass for you. 
if they don't have the Holy Ghost, they are a sinner. And all sinners need a Savior. That Savior is Jesus. So here's he's talking about the gospel, how it came. But you see what I'm saying? Not just in word. You got to use words, right? But not just in word, but in power of the Holy Ghost. Now, when we talk about the power of the Holy Ghost, you know, a lot of times what we talk about is jumping and shouting and running and dancing. All right. But are we jumping and shouting and running and dancing in the world? Right. No. Right. You know, but your power of the Holy Ghost goes back to what we said, your work of faith, your labor of love, your steadfastness of hope. That's what it goes back to. And when you see people see the gospel, they don't just hear the gospel. Right. But they need to see the gospel. When John, when Jesus uh, had John the Baptist disciples come up to him, are you the one? Or do we look for another? Then Jesus preached a sermon to him, Manisha. Is that what happened? No, I don't get in trouble. No, y'all see what I'm saying? He started working, right? He said, listen, he's at the depth here, the blind seat. The lame walk, right? And the poor have the gospel preached to them. So we got to know that, listen, I get it. We got the words, but they got to see the action. And action and words got to come together to give people a complete gospel. He said, listen, we did that and we were among you for your sake. And then what happened when they shared the gospel with the people in Thessalonica? Thessalonica? What happened? That, which becoming a follower means what? They received the Holy God, because they saw it and they heard it. So we got to be able to articulate like Ruth did. How many views? How many views? I was, te- I was teeing you up. You're supposed, to, you're supposed to help me out. You're supposed to be on cue. You gotta, we're going to work on that after, okay, after Bible study. But listen, 183,000. Power of personal testimony. Because you know what? And especially people that, that we, we, they heard it. But what, what do we see in Ruth? Oh, we see it. I, I don't just hear Ruth's words. I see your life. And now, Ruth, are you perfect? Do you dot every I? Do you cross every T? Do you walk on water? No. Okay. All right. Do you struggle sometimes? Do, do you sin sometimes? Do you have to ask the Lord to forgive you? Do you have to repent, confess, forsake? And you still got 183,000 views. Yes, sir. My point, y'all get the point, right? We're not perfect people. We're people that have been saved by grace that need to look. But when we start sharing our personal testimony, when people see the Holy Ghost, when we're working from that labor of love and that work of faith, it's going to make a difference. Like Pastor told us, when he's doing all the work, you know what he told us? Trust the process. God's process, we don't overthink it. It's not that hard. All All you got to do is be you. You're the only you you can be. But just don't be ashamed to just live it. I'm a Christian. It's who I am. I'm in my, I saw you, Brianna. I've got five minutes. Listen, I'm in my office today, and I got a Bible in my office. And it's not just a prop. Like, I like look at my Bible, read my Bible. Bible sitting right there. You know, uh, one of the senior maintenance mechanics comes in. Bible sitting right there. Me and him having a conversation. Cool. Then my boss comes in. Right? My boss comes in, and, and my Bible's sitting right there, and right front and center on my desk. I hear you, Elder Kimball. All right, Elder Kimball. All right, but my Bible's sitting right there. Right? I'm not ashamed of the God. Romans 116. Come on, come on, Lecrae. Come on, KB. Now, Romans 116. 
All right, we won one six. We are not ashamed of the gospel of Jesus Christ. It is the power of God unto salvation to everybody that believes, to the Jew first and also to the Greek. For therein is the righteousness of God revealed from faith to faith. As it is written, the just shall live by faith. I'm telling you, it works. And I'm going to tell you, Bree, I see you. But I'm going to tell you, so three, Paul, Silas, Timothy, this mixed group of folk, right? This motley crew of people, they got together. Paul, Silas, Timothy got together. They transformed the people that were living in Thessalonica, somewhere over there in Greece area. But you know what happened to the people in Thessalonica? They went out and started spreading the gospel everywhere. It went all the way out to Macedonia and Achaia. Matter of fact, so many people heard it. He said, we don't even got to tell people they've already heard it from you. What are, listen, what are they hearing from us? What are they hearing from us? It's not just, I love that we can be here in the sanctuary. But if I'm not out there, if you don't see it and hear it from me, I'm not just a nice guy. It's not just because I don't know me by what I don't do because I don't drink and I don't smoke and I don't cuss. That's not what makes me a Christian. What makes me a Christian is the life, the death, the resurrection, the ascension, and the soon coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. And I want you to know that from me. And every opportunity I get, I want to tell you about it. I want to tell you about it. B, I'm sorry. Go ahead. 1 Corinthians 4.20, you just made me think of it. The KJV says, for the kingdom of God is not in word but in power. I like the translation. For the kingdom of God is not just a lot of talk. It is living Woo. by God's power. <laughs> Listen, can y'all tell that I'm wordy? Can you tell? Sister Jody, can you tell that? You don't really know me, right? But can you tell I'm a wordy person? I like to talk. All right, yes. Ask my wife. I like to talk. Wait, first thing in the morning, I'm ready. Let's go. She's, she's had to impose times of silence. <laughs> she's like, can we not? Can you, give me, can you give me a little bit? Can we not talk? I love to talk. Can you tell? I love it. I love to talk. Like a little puppy when I wake up. Come on, Shada, 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 come on, come on, let's talk, let's talk. No, it was like, what do we have to do? We just talked before we went to bed. We slept and woke up. What do you have to talk about? I want to talk about my dreams. I want to talk about, I want to talk about life. I love you. I talk. All right, I'm the talker. She's not, all right? Lord knows how to put us together. She just listens and nods a lot, so I don't know. I don't know. But listen, I, I, I love to talk. It's great, right? I, I'm glad that God equipped me. It's good, for, right? He made me a minister, right? He uses what he gives us. But here's my thing, right? If I love to talk. Here's what I want to do. Let's give them something to talk about. Y'all know that song? I don't know. It's probably not, probably not appropriate, but, you know, but let's give them something. But what we should be doing in this world around us, let's give them something to talk about. Let, let, let's give them talk about. And what the, something we're going to have them talk about is Jesus. All right, listen, I'm telling y'all, share root. Girl, come, come on up here. Come on up here. Girl, come, come on down. Just come on down. Just come on down. I got one. Come on, Ruth. Come on down. It's like the price is right. You're the next contestant on the Mike is Right show. Come on down. Come on down. I told y'all. I told y'all I'm goofy. I'm, I'm just telling y'all. So listen, all I'm saying, come here, girl. I, I just I want to use you. I'm just going to use you. I don't even know what I'm doing. I just listen, but I'm just saying. And I really just want to just highlight this. You, you're just a real person. And you just got real problems, real issues. Life ain't easy. Much tribulation. You got joy in the Holy Ghost, though? Come on. All right. All right. And you don't mind. 
So you know what you did on Sunday with your personal testimony, the power? Just tell your story. Just tell, it's your story. You can only tell your, I can't tell your story. I don't know like you know, right? You can only tell your story, but what happens when you tell your story? 183,000 people get touched by the gospel of Jesus Christ. To God be the glory. One person, one person told their, ooh, girl, you're about to get me going. Don't get me going. Woo! One person told their testimony. And I don't think their testimony, just because you can't say it right, you can't get your words out right, we're, we're, we're not no, come on, we ain't no profession. But, but, but hold on, it ain't about what you thought. Oh, come on. It's the Holy Ghost in us. I tell people, this ain't no talent show. This ain't no competition. This ain't America's Got Talent. Hey, listen, we just people. We just people. So I just praise God. But listen, and if Ruth, who's just a normal person, average, everyday, ordinary Jane, and I'm just an average, everyday, ordinary Joe, and we listen, and we can share and begin to share that, we never know where it's going to go. Come on, give God some praise. Come on, I love you. Thank you. 183,000. Come on and give God some praise. Bible study's over. Come on, that's right. 183,000. I'm going to tell them all about Jesus. Come on. I love it. I love it. Listen, let's all stand. We're going to have a word of prayer. And we're certainly going to invite anybody down to the altar that is in need of that gospel. If you know on today you're a sinner, if you know that I was born in sin, uh, then I became a sinner by choice. And you recognize that every time I try to do right, I always wind up doing wrong because I can't do it by myself. You need a Savior. And that Savior is in the person of the Lord Jesus Christ who came and lived a sinless life for you. He died a death on the cross for your sins and mine. He was buried. He was resurrected from the grave three days later to give you life in Christ. And you can have this promise of eternal life if you come unto him. Come unto me, all ye that are heavy laden and burdened, and I will give you rest. There is rest for your soul. There is grace and peace for you. While we're standing, let's pray, Lord God, in the name of Jesus. Lord, we thank you that you have given us eyes to see your word. We thank you, Lord God, for giving us ears to hear. Thank you, Lord God, that we have received your word on the good ground of our heart. And Lord God, now please give us hands to apply, Lord God, what we have received on tonight. Lord God, we're just people. Lord God, everyday, average, ordinary people. But what makes us unique and what makes us different and what makes us great is your Holy Ghost living down on the inside of us. Help us, Lord, that we'll walk it like we talk it. Help us, Lord God, that that joy that we experience right here in the sanctuary will take that joy, will share our testimony, and we don't know, Lord God, whose life is going to change. We believe you, Lord God, for great things. You're great, Lord God, and greatly to be praised. We thank you for it, and we call it all done in the glorious name of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen. While you're standing, we're going to have good...